Welcome to the Thodcast. Uh, I'm your host, Philip Elke, and we're talking about Moon Knight from Marvel and uh, Disney Plus. And today I have joining me from Los Angeles, my sister, Samara. How are you doing, Samara? I'm good. Ooh, I'm so excited to talk about Moon Knight. And uh, yeah, I just finished it actually this morning, and then oh. I had to watch several recaps and ending explained videos because I was so confused. But now I feel like I know everything about Moon Knight. <laughs> well, I feel fortunate to be able to talk about this, especially with you. Uh, you work in the film industry and you know, have a lot of insight into the way things are going with the streaming versus theatrical and television and, and all the various ins and outs. Um, and then you work in the art department as well. And this is a very artistic sort of very stylized show and i'm i'm excited to hear your take on some of these things as well but yeah as it is a six-part marvel uh disney plus series each episode is about 45 or so minutes long excluding credits or you know it's um they they don't uh you know um, the the finale wasn't super long. I know that for sure, but it it ends up being you know maybe the equivalent of two feature films. Would you say in in runtime? So there's a lot you know to potentially cover here. And there's a lot that <laughs> I inevitably forget, and uh, we're not gonna you know spend too much time on on any one thing in particular either. Um, but yeah, just to preface this as being a, a television review of the entire season of Moon Knight, there will be spoilers. And um, it, uh, you know, we're not gonna get into too much detail on all the plot and everything. Um, I have seen it twice, so I have a pretty good recollection of the things that happened in the show. If I had only seen it once, I'd be, uh, <laughs> I, yeah, yeah I, I, I did. You almost need to watch it yeah. again because of all of the little, uh easter eggs that they have throughout pertaining mm -hmm. to you know what we kind of figure out at the end of the show so i i would almost want to watch it again too i just didn't have time before well, recording. <laughs> yeah yeah it's uh it, it's a bummer if you don't you know if you're not able to sort of revisit these things uh, you know due to time constraints uh, because this does peel back so many layers it is fun to catch certain recap shows um you know geek content on youtube or whatever talking about this type of thing which i have mm -hmm. consumed a, a certain amount of as well try not to steal too much from from those types of things uh this will hopefully be mostly our own thoughts here um right, but right. yeah most recently was just me watching the, the show straight through once again um so yeah we'll uh we'll get into that and um yeah, this uh, this series stars Oscar Isaac. Um, you know, mate. Yes. <laughs> uh, what was... we po, love Oscar po Dameron Isaac. from Star Wars. Po... Oh my goodness! Yeah, um, he's, he's great. We, we saw. Yeah. I think yeah, one of the first things I saw him in was uh, Ex Machina. We saw that together a number of years ago. Yes. No, I think that was the first thing I've ever seen him in. And then I don't know. I I wasn't that it wasn't that memorable i guess of a role for him personally but then when we saw him in star wars i was like oh wait he was in that one indie film that was super weird but really cool um maybe it was the beard because he he yeah. sported a beard in the in the movie right 
Yeah, he looks a lot different in yeah. uh, Ex Machina. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then they revealed his look for Star Wars, and everyone fainted because he was just so beautiful. You <laughs> you just didn't see that in Ex Machina, but uh, yeah, he's an amazing actor, and he has a British accent in Moon Knight, which was even more exciting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a, a good place to kind of start off. We are revealed um, to his character as uh, Stephen uh, Grant. Grant. Yes. <laughs> yes, Stephen Grant. And I thought the whole time he was in London in the beginning, but he was actually in Chicago. So I wonder why he went with the British accent, like why the character had an English accent. <laughs> Wait, um, it, was he not living in a, a London? I thought uh, we. Flat I thought the, they said the that he was living in Chicago, well, or maybe I'm getting confused with the comic from. Okay. Watching the recap. He's he's but. from yeah Chicago um, originally, and so just getting into some spoiler territory here. Um, you know, he, we do find out he has you know issues with. Um, I'm not not always uh, waking up in the same same place like he wakes up during this episode in mm -hmm. the uh, the Alps like the Swiss Alps or something mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and uh, yeah how did he get there well it was because of this alternate personality that takes over and um, you know takes him on these bizarre adventures on occasion mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so um, this this Stephen character, um, the personality, is unaware of who is taking over his body, and he's trying to do things like stay awake at night and chaining himself to his bed, um, putting sand around his bed. I don't know. He's trying to ward off evil spirits or something. Uh, <laughs> yeah, or I don't know if that's it's supposed to show if there are any footprints. Yeah. I didn't really get the sand. Uh, or I thought maybe it appeared because of after his adventures as yeah. this other character, it brought back the sand. I don't, I didn't really get that. He's, he's trying to, I don't know. Yeah. Prevent himself from sleepwalking or doing all these crazy things. And I, this was all taking place in London. I believe. It is. Okay. Yeah. Cause, cause the, all the characters have British accents. He goes on that date or he tries to, um, and uh, <laughs> the Stephen Grant is vegan, I guess, but one of his other personalities uh, in invited a coworker on a oh, date. <laughs> yeah, it is his London apartment, I guess, that okay. confused. Maybe because that's where, he, yeah, yeah, his other identity is from, is Chicago. Or maybe that was from the comics originally yeah so so we eventually in the show find out he, he was born as this other personality it, you know mark specter is the original um stephen grant stephen grant is is a fascinating sort of caricature based on this uh video series or you know this uh serialized like adventure just very low production quality ripoff of um, <laughs> Indiana Jones that, mm -hmm. that Mark watched as a kid. He even had a poster of it. 
so I, I thought that was fun as well. The, the um, generating this, you know, VHS level um, <laughs> pseudo, you Indiana know, series. Jones, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, and, and his character, Mark, kind of seems like Indiana Jones in a way. I mean, him and what's mm-hmm. revealed to be his uh, wife, Layla. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to know more about their backstory and Layla's father and how they get kind of into this sort of archaeology business. <laughs> and Stephen works at the museum and he seems to know a lot about, uh, you know, your uh, Egyptian, mm-hmm. um, I guess, history. Yeah. <laughs> so it feels very Indiana Jones, but in a comic mm-hmm. book setting which I love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Mark Spector, um, it, according to this show, I, I guess was born in like 1987, which seems a little dubious. Um, Oscar Isaac, I think was born in the late seventies or something. Um, the, the Marvel timeline is a little bit different than ours. Like they might be a little further down into the 2020s at this point. See, he was he was born in '79, um, <laughs> but yeah, grown up at this point, he's he developed developed an expertise in uh, Egyptian cult, you know, ancient Egyptian culture, uh, hieroglyphics and antiquities, um, and then yeah, Mark Spector, he uh, tried to go into the military. You know, he's got kind of a tragic backstory where he. Mm-hmm. Um, had a brother who died at a very young age and his mother uh, blamed him for it and, and was abusive. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, that uh, helped provoke this dissociative identity disorder that Mark developed. Um, I, and I'm pretty sure Mark, you know, was more or less aware that Stephen existed, but just wasn't conscious during the times that Stephen was in Mark's body. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Stephen, Grant, if at the point in which we, uh, you know, begin the show, just has no knowledge whatsoever of Mark's existence. He thinks mm-hmm. that, you know, he's just got his life in London, working at this museum. Um, yeah. yeah, but yeah, Mark uh, was in the military and he becomes a mercenary, so that's why we have these adventures of Mark, you know, globe trotting and um, he's trying to obtain this scarab. In, in you know the MacGuffin at the start is the scarab that reveals the tomb of Amit or or mm-hmm. the place where you can um, find the Ushapti is that the term Ushapti which is a relic that enables a um, person to become the avatar of a of, of Amit of Amit oh. of a Greek deity or mm-hmm. a Greek did I say Greek uh, Egyptian Egyptian <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's uh, that's what those statues were, right? For yep. those little like clay looking statues. And then there was that shot that revealed like, like quite a few of them. So mm-hmm. maybe we'll get to see more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for their seasons. The, the first episode discusses the Ennead of uh, the Egyptian pantheon, uh, the, the, um, Egyptian gods 
Um, the Ennead refers to nine deities. However, sometimes it includes the son of Osiris and Isis, uh, which is Horus. And Horus is one of the more famous gods, I feel, but I guess not part of that traditional Ennead group. Um, and then, yeah, the, the gods of the Egyptian Ennead are uh, Atum, Shu, Tefnut, Geb, Nut, uh, Osiris, Isis, Set, uh, Nephthys, and Horus. So okay, okay. <laughs> so so Amit and Kanchu, they are deities, or but they're not in that list. Um, so. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like, Do they are they not names? higher up, or <laughs> um, I don't know. <laughs> maybe they have different names, uh, depending mm-hmm. on the translation. Uh, let's see. Are any of these? That's that is interesting. I should have thought about that. You know, Horus looks like a hawk. Um, <laughs> maybe. Um, because, yeah, there's Tawaret, which is the hippo lady. And then. Oh, oh, oh yeah, I'm seeing Kanju is the Egyptian god of the moon, but he also goes by other several spellings, including Khans or Kenshu or Kensu. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe. The, yeah, there's, I guess, in any um, ancient traditional pantheon there are numerous um peripheral deities as well that aren't included in like the main set you know like the Mm -hmm. the olympians for example in greek mythology right well like like, greek yeah mythology there's so there's so many gods and then like you know each main god then had their children that were gods and then you know like there's there's that's probably what's happening here is like oh the god of the moon is not as important as the god of lightning or (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh whatever that but i guess yeah all these characters have some form of existence on not a physical not a physical sense but they exist in a cosmic like ethereal plane and it's their Ushaptis and their avatars that enabled mm-hmm. them to sort of have access to, you know, tether themselves to our realm, you know, the physical realm. Um, and then anytime you see like these deities or these fantastical creatures in the show, um, only the avatar or I guess people with certain um, ability to, to see these things can see them. And they're just invisible to ordinary people, um, you know, like like the jackal, like Khonshu, whenever he shows up in his mm-hmm. god mm-hmm. form. Yeah, it's, uh, I like it. It's very. Um, have you seen that anime? Uh, what was it called? Note. Death Note. Oh, right. Death Note. Yeah. Death Note. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he has that creepy demon thing that follows <laughs> him around and then forces him to like write people's names in the book and then they die and it's very similar to like the justice arc of this story too like oh um i'm gonna you know write the names of all these uh 
criminals, but then it kind of becomes like, oh, I think this mm. person will do a bad deed. So then I will write their name. And then he, and then the main character kind of becomes a, a villain and, you know, oh, yeah. Uh, falls into that trap of, yeah, kind of what uh, Haro does. He's mm. like, oh, but I, I must do justice and good um, by first getting rid of all of these bad people before they commit their crimes. <laughs> but how can you? I don't How know. How can you do that when they yeah. don't? I don't know if you've seen Death Note, but it's, I have. it's very similar and I love yeah. it. <laughs> um, Ryuk uh, is the demon that right. that possesses yeah. the the notebook that allows yeah, <laughs> the um owner of the the book to uh yeah, write a name and then the, uh, the, that immediately kind of spells death for this person. Yeah. Yeah. Has their name written in the death note. Yeah. Crazy. Um, and the, yeah, similar sort of fable or allegory about justice and what happens when you allow, you know, the power of justice to be held within the hands of a mere mortal um, Harrow himself, like he's, you know, wanting to be this uh, grand arbiter of justice um, for the god Amit. And, uh, but he himself says that he enjoys dealing out the pain or he has dealt, uh, you know, enjoyed it in the past. And that's his greatest sin. So there's a certain perversity to it all. He's an evil dude. He's a. <laughs> That yeah. guy portrayed by Ethan Hawke. Yeah, he he was the avatar of Khonshu before Mark. Is that yes. correct? Yes. Correct. Yeah. Um, which I thought was cool that mm-hmm. this guy who was trying to do good then, you know, became That's, super yeah. bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's and how he Khonshu got left him. Yeah, how he got started on the whole Egyptian cult racket. Uh, mm-hmm. by becoming the avatar of Kanshu. I guess we don't know. Do we know why he became an avatar or what any yeah, of his backstories? Yeah, how did he... <laughs> no, no. And I suppose we probably won't ever get that if you, you know, watch the post credit hmm. scene in the last episode. You know, I don't know if they're hmm. going to ever kind of talk about it or maybe they briefly mentioned it and i just missed it while watching it but Mm. um yeah i wonder what his or where he got started and met conchu and all of that fun stuff yeah i wouldn't be surprised if you know if ethan hawk really wants to return to the character um they'll figure out some way to bring him back um and i i would have to imagine he'd at least cameo in a second season Mm -hmm. perhaps Mm -hmm. you know flashing back to some of his origins perhaps um becoming the avatar but uh yeah this this show talks a lot about avatars and they do make a joke uh (laughs) about both about the blue people (laughs) well and and steven refers to the anime as well yeah 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 yeah. no i remember that that was that was great that was awesome Good timing too, because I think a new trailer for the blue avatar came out recently. Hello and welcome to Staying Awake. I have a sleeping disorder. 
I can't tell the difference between my waking life and dreams. Hello, and welcome to the I'm losing it. We'll catch you on. You're bloody useless. Stevie. Steven. I can't tell the difference between my eyes and dreams. dreams. Yeah. Oh my god, you're alive. What's wrong with you, Mark? Why did you call me Mark? There's chaos in you. Embrace the chaos. You want to talk about yeah. Disney Plus and Marvel shows? <laughs> <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Know? Well, because yeah, I I I have um seen all of the Disney Plus Marvel series so far. Uh, haven't what really are been... they again? Yeah, we've got Loki. We've got Captain America, Hawkeye. And there was Wanda Vision. Mm-hmm. And then there's that What If show. Okay, I the animated one. Yeah, I've seen most of those. Uh, that that one kind of eh, you know. You saw What If? Yeah, I did. See most of it. Um, but I, I definitely saying that you have to watch it before watching Doctor Strange, huh. which is kind of annoying. Because well, <laughs> I saw the Doctor Strange episode where. Yeah, he he does a lot of crazy stuff, um, and I I think that will inform my viewing of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, which I have not yet seen. Um, okay. Yeah, but yeah, I I uh, I'm glad I've seen that um, at least that episode of What If. What what episode is it? Do you remember? Ooh, I it's just um, if you scroll through and find one you, that's about Doctor Strange, <laughs> it's that. <Okay>. One. <laughs> Okay, I will. Good to know because I should watch that before I see the movie. Mm-hmm. That one stood out the most by far to me, I uh-huh. think, because he actually does. You know, the the show "What If" is hosted by this character, the Watcher, narrated by Jeffrey Wright. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, of course, you know, famous actor for Felix Leiter, and now most recently uh, Commissioner Gordon in the new Batman. But also, oh, yes, uh, yes. this character just kind of oversees, you know, these crazy scenarios in the what if show. And I think the only person who's interacted with him so far has been Dr. Strange. Uh, so that was kind of neat. To, <laughs> that, so uh, maybe that character will show up in the movie. I don't know. I, I would, I'd be all for it. I love Jeffrey Wright. He, you know, he's welcome in any <laughs> interesting uh, project in which she's willing to appear um, okay well so okay so there's five marvel shows then i don't think i've missed any hawkeye essentially loki captain america america uh wandavision and th- well and then six with moon knight so yeah on disney plus um, you know, this has been kind of the most interesting. It's very standalone. It's very little referencing other Marvel or MCU uh, projects. So um, I, if people haven't kept up with the MCU, this is a great 
little entry point if you're interested in this kind of material, you know, the multiple personalities and, you know, Egyptian culture and deities and, you know, swashbuckling adventure, uh, but also like crazy stuff about the afterlife and, and high fantasy like this. <laughs> um, I, I a lot of like, yeah, weird, like eschatological um concepts which i thought were fun <laughs> um i don't know if you had any um you know anything particularly um no noteworthy I, yeah yeah i guess i i love how they delve into the did dissociative identity disorder mm-hmm. i think marvel it, it doesn't do a good job of talking about disorders and things like that so this was a really refreshing uh very human-esque like show that's very character driven and another thing that I struggle with Marvel is actually caring and enjoying a lot of their characters because they Mm -hmm. just seem very one-sided and by the book kind of kind of boring Mm -hmm. uh I mean I don't know. A lot of people love, you know, Captain America, but I just don't care about him because he seems so, I don't know, just all must help people. And uh, he doesn't really have the the struggle that this character does. Like Moon Knight definitely is probably the most, uh, not tragic, but at conflict character in so far i think the marvel universe except for maybe wanda she's a bit she, yeah she, she's a bit confused <laughs> well yeah these, these you know comic heroes have gone through so many iterations since their inception and you know the earliest ones were very pretty cookie cutter i mean there, yeah. there's they had their own complexities back in the 30s and 40s uh, when they originally conceived um and have since then evolved to become far more you know, nuanced, but mm-hmm. then the characters that have come since then, in order to not just repeat the same archetypes, have to have had to have their own sort of unique shtick. Mm-hmm. Um, the Moon Knight character seems like, you know, oh, is this like Marvel's Batman? <laughs> um, he's even got like glowing eyes, which so many characters in comics or, an, you know, animation have the just the glowing eye slits. And right, you're right. like, well, how <laughs> how does that work? <laughs> um, and yeah, in live action, that's never done except, I guess, uh, in The Dark Knight, um, Batman has a special device in his uh, cowl that does reproduce uh, that the glowing eye effect. So that was like the one time we've seen that uh, effectively reproduced in a mm-hmm. in a film. But here, it, it makes sense because he's like this magical superhero yeah he kind of almost looks like a mummy yeah yeah. like all wrapped up in bandages and you know typically with mummies you just see dark eye sockets but instead it's like a light light sockets (laughs) yeah probably referring to moon glow too you know yeah does he have like special vision well he can see fantastical beings from the nether realm like the jackal Uh, but I yeah like uh, infrared or something you know (laughs) yeah I don't know if I guess he probably just has heightened night vision oh for sure 
the moon night. So <laughs> he never really fights crime. Correct. He, he just sort of, it's just all this one contained plot basically. Mm-hmm. How would you rank moon night out of the other Marvel shows in terms of, mm. you know, production value story mm. um, and oh. just interest. My interest. Overall. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it's been my favorite. I, I think easily by far. Yeah. I, my second favorite is probably Hawkeye, honestly. Really? I haven't <laughs> seen it yet. It's great. I, it, is it just kind of a fun, feel good type show or I, what, what, what is that one like? Yeah. If you can I mean, put in three words. <laughs> it's, it, it kind of tackles like this, the, the dilemma of being the Hawkeye in the group, like the Avengers. And, uh, he, he's got, hearing loss from all the crazy stuff <laughs> oh no yeah he oh. has like there's uh yeah it's very human because he like doesn't have supernatural skills right i mean yeah he can't hear anything once he loses his uh hearing aid and yeah there's a plot that revolves around him just trying to navigate the world as a deaf person so i mean oh yeah no. <laughs> I didn't even know that about him. Yeah, I guess I guess Moon Knight deals with, you know, dissociative identity and and Hawkeye deals with deafness. So just just different uh, kind of real world things. Um, But uh, isn't there another Marvel character that was dealing with deafness or or was it or was it just him? Because I remember seeing I'm getting flashbacks. Oh, in um, Eternals. There's a deaf character, right? Oh, yes, there is it there. Yeah. Um, the, the which one was fast it? girl, right? Okay, yeah, yeah, yes. But no, I remember a scene where there, or maybe I'm thinking of a completely different movie series, but anyway, uh, no more about that. But it was like a kid and he, there was like a big crash and then, and he was trying to like save someone and then he like lost his hearing or something, but maybe, or maybe it was eyesight. <laughs> maybe as i say i don't know <laughs> I, anyway moving on mm. um the moon knight's definitely been my favorite so far too yeah yeah i, I mean, had really like, high hopes for loki and that just totally disappointed me so yeah it's kind of meh um wandavision had some interesting ideas but it was just uh it, it um didn't seem all that i don't know poignant ultimately and um falcon winter soldier some fun action you know and i guess if they're coming out with a second season of that show it'll be renamed to uh captain america and the winter soldier i believe oh. um because yeah they they changed falcon up the becomes... title card at the at the very end oh um, because now um falcon is going to be the new um right. captain america okay. yeah and i did not watch the last episode of <laughs> Oh. Uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier said sadly he's got, he's got a good speech in that <laughs> okay yeah maybe uh, I should I didn't finish the last episode of that I didn't finish the last episode of Loki okay I did finish WandaVision but I don't know I just lost interest didn't seem to care the the cool mag- like magic stuff I, I'm a sucker for that in WandaVision mm, yeah. and yeah. I know it some people criticize it's just you know, big bright blobs being kind of hurled at each other. 
but I don't know. It's uh, to me, it, it, it is just like, yeah, what would happen if these ultra powerful beings had to fight each other? You have to kind of represent mm -hmm. that in some fashion. Um, I think it's no, fun. I, I love I love all witchy type stuff. And and Catherine Hahn is a fantastic actress. I oh, love yeah. her when she becomes the other evil witch lady. And um mm -hmm. I also Agatha love... all along. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. No, so so great. I love it. Um and uh I just love the nice. the romance between WandaVision and or Wanda and Vision. Wanda mm. and Vision. They're they're my favorite. There's some shipping. <laughs> I mean, all all these shows have had a lot of strong production design elements, and I'm that's a big part of what I wanted to talk. Uh, yes, with you about on the show Get into art. Yeah, um, <laughs> especially like with Loki. There's like that crazy '70s aesthetic. Uh, you know, the bureaucracy mm -hmm. buildings that um, he inhabits in that show, and and then the '50s sort of sitcom of WandaVision. Um, Falcon Winter Soldier is kind of all over the place. It's more just a yeah. an action romper. Yeah. Um, Hawkeye set in New York, kind of modern day. So it's got a Christmas the mm -hmm. Christmassy aesthetic. Um, you got the Rockefeller mm -hmm. Christmas tree playing like a pivotal part in one of the climactic. Of scenes. course, <laughs> you can't have that and be in New York exactly. in the same show. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's even like Ant Man shrinking elements that go into that as well. Oh, um, <laughs> gosh, now I should yeah. probably watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. I'll watch it next. And and then now this one, I, I know, I feel like this one was the most interestingly designed, though, of all of those. And uh, I'll, I'll yeah. let you maybe go ahead. and. I mean, I, I guess I would say I think Loki and WandaVision definitely had the most creative direction as far as production design went. Moon Knight while still being just grounded in reality, it, it was creative, but I think just still had a lot of, it, it, it just seemed very realistic, but I loved the dark and uh, hints towards, you know, in Indiana Jones and all the uh, old books and, and the hieroglyphics and the art that was in, Mm -hmm. uh like Ahmet's tomb and all these you know Egyptian uh and and they definitely got really creative when he was in his like psychological dream state world um that was really really well done I think yeah yeah the um psych ward you know yeah at the end um you know just crazy like yeah just bleached well, white when he was in his yeah, when he met the hippo lady with mm -hmm. Tarret. Yep, Tarret. And they were on the boat through the sand. And then in front of the statue, when Stephen is frozen uh, as a statue. And then there was the, the like big statue tomb thing behind them that opens up. Sure. I don't know. Yeah, the I gates. don't know much. Yeah, that those gates. Um, I don't mu know much about European. I mean, oh my gosh, I keep saying European, but I meant <laughs> Egyptian. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Egyptian culture. But it's a very beautiful and artistic uh, culture. I mean, mm -hmm. all of their paintings and the the statues, mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I bet it was really fun to do research for that show, especially. Um, I the one of the number one things that I feel like I do in the art department is research, just looking up what do things look like in that era, what is the significance of them. Um, I was just doing a 70s, 60s, 70s show um, about kind of the Black Panther Party and Hollywood. Um, and it's just finding references of everything in that time period. And I bet going and trying to find references and research and for Egyptian and, uh, you know, art and stuff was probably really fun on that show, oh, yeah. especially. Yeah, period stuff is is difficult. And and yeah, this was set in modern day. Like there wasn't some kind of fantastical concept that you know it was trying to evoke um so so that, that's why i feel like it was a bit more interesting to me than sort of the um the throwback aesthetics of loki and wandavision um, because yeah you yeah. had to still set it within a, a real world environment and things like yeah steven's apartment mm-hmm. um you had that cool set piece um with the um transparent you know the, those illuminated pyramid structures at that one um antiquities collectors yes. um yeah. mansion, you know his um hideout and then mm-hmm. just like um the the harrow and his crew like the place where he lives kind of cool this uh, um neighborhood in london that used to be just very run down and now it's a uh, it's his own little enclave of follower, you know, this, this cult, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. which I think could have looked a little more cultish. I didn't really, it kind of just looked like a, a village. And mm-hmm. then, but if everyone would have been wearing like the same clothes or I don't know, all of the houses look the same, it would have been maybe a little more yeah i don't i don't don't know know. yeah they they all just kind of look well there's a scene where um layla is able to infiltrate them i guess she she like chokes out one of them so i guess that maybe explains why harrow doesn't really notice it's her Mm -hmm. Uh, she's maybe wearing the garb of of this person she (laughs) she chokes uh right and uh yeah that that was one of the more you know head scratchy moments i guess of the series like how she's able to so easily just blend in amongst this group of followers slash mercenaries he tends to attract i think certain people who have particular skills they have a certain set of particular skills uh and it, like there's the a couple people who apprehend stephen grant um at uh, at one point they they're posing as police officers but they're actually followers of harrow oh right Um, right but at uh, the end when that one guy was dying and layla was trying to question him was he a follower of harrow or was he also just trying to get information about harrow and his followers do you remember this that guy that was like bleeding out and Mm. he's wearing the suit was he um, one of his followers? I, yeah, probably. Uh, I'm trying to remember that precisely. There was just Where, definitely a lot of people yeah. of all types and cultures yeah. that were following Harrow, which was interesting because did he 
go around to different like countries to find followers did he, or yeah did he start that how did all? they find him mm-hmm. um seems maybe it was like something... something that would be take years to put together but I, I i would think maybe they had already existed and they all you know they had the tattoos and everything and then oh, maybe like Amit's worshipers or Amit's, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Maybe they had a charismatic leader who Harold befriended and he was able to rise quickly among the ranks mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. he had been an avatar previously. Right. So yeah, the, this, you know, wh- whoever had been the leader previously of, of this cult of Amit, um, you know, just singled out Harrow as sort of his uh, replacement potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I guess, uh, that'd be something to explore in a, yeah. in kind of a future show. I kind of want to talk about costuming too, yeah. because, you know, Harrow, he's always just in a beige suit or I don't know, in a suit looking thing, but he has a staff, um, which is really cool. Uh, Steven slash Mark definitely has that loose ish clothing, Indiana Jones style, Layla. Mm-hmm similar um but moonlight's costume i guess it it would be hard to make it look more egyptian themed because of what the comics portrayed it as just being this like white shroud looking thing but i don't know i, I don't know if i was put off by like how clean it looked Mm -hmm. like it almost needed to look sandier more ragged um (laughs) but it it didn't really fit like Layla's costume when she becomes spoilers an avatar um or or maybe he needed I don't know to be more mummified I know I think they could have done more with his uh his like a cape e one now i liked mr knight mm. is yeah mr knight it's <laughs> a cool because look. yeah I, I mean that just with the suit and then conchu kind of adopts the suit as well <laughs> i thought that was really really great um but i don't know i i liked i like i like his suit i like moon knight's suit but mm. i think they could have done a little more with it or maybe more gold elements i know he has the mm the gold um yeah the crescent, crescent you know, symbol yeah yeah just because egyptians liked a lot of gold they had a lot of mm. you know gold jewelry and um layla's costume she had like the gold wings um maybe they could have put like a gold yeah. moon emblem on his on his cloak or something i, I don't know it just was uh well a little in in the finale um he's switching between the two versions of the character just um in frame and like i'm i'm just curious how much of this costume is practical versus essentially cg Uh, yeah you know how much how big of a computer animation budget do they have for mm-hmm. this the Disney Plus series, how much money are they throwing at this thing that is relying on subscriber dollars versus kind of a hard ticket, you know, price like a, on a 
on a, an actual theatrical film. Um, but I bet most of it was practical, and then they yeah just sort of overlaid it with some CGI. But yeah, uh, of course the eyes had to have been CGI. But you know, it it'd be cool to see some behind the scenes of what it looked like in the in real life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, those eye effects. I mean, they've they've been able to do uh they've been able to do stuff like that since, you know, I don't know, the probably the 60s. <laughs> you maybe see rotoscoping of that type of uh, of uh effect, but um I, the thing that I'm immediately thinking of is um in the, the uh, 1980s Dune you have those characters with the blue, it's the, like the piercing blue eyes that are luminescent. Um, and that was kind of a, a tricky effect to accomplish because it's just the irises of the eyes that had to be lit up, you know, just bright blue of some of those uh, characters. Uh, and they um, just went frame by frame and colored them to look. <laughs> possibly. <laughs> I don't know what they did, but. And then like they released a director's film. cut uh, to television a number of years later and um the unfortunate thing about that is they just didn't have the budget to do to reproduce the eye effect oh no <laughs> oh sad <laughs> yeah yeah i i will say there wasn't a lot of scenes with mark in his suit mm-hmm. i mean I, I think there were even some episodes where you didn't see the suit at all and yeah. and fight scenes with him in the suit uh it would have been fun to see him like walk around in it a little more or be mr knight but Mm -hmm. he didn't use it that often and i don't know if that was a budget thing maybe yeah um yeah it was odd uh he definitely um yeah not not as much moon knight in this show as maybe people would have wanted but i i think the plot um, you know, I'm glad they didn't feel too hamstrung to like, oh, we need a certain amount of, you know, the, the Moon Knight character um, in the show, but rather mm-hmm. just told the story they wanted to tell. Yeah, I think that's important. Yeah, it made it less comic booky mm-hmm. by him not just being in the suit 24 <laughs> seven. Mm-hmm. He was a normal dude trying to solve this or, or you know, uh, stop harrow and yeah. very indiana jones style like just him alone i love the scene where he is steven and he's with layla and they're in that one mm. kind of tomb area and there was that creepy priest guy that was like cutting open the oh, body that's right the mummy yeah the, <laughs> the mummy. oh that was terrifying i loved the design of that scene too but like that whole sequence he was himself you know and he could have mm. quickly just jumped into his suit and then fought off that guy but um it was mostly him and layla yeah. just in- wait no that um because Konshu was imprisoned so he didn't have oh, access. right right that, that was one oh, reason yeah, i why. forgot about that yes yeah, so, so yeah, yeah. And, and but that of, yeah that's cool yeah so you got to see him do some fighting just like as himself which is fun it was end of episode three, I guess, where they did the crazy star um, chart, you know, trying to to right. you know, figure out what the night right. sky looked like, you know, a certain number of years back. And then yeah. 
um, as a result, Khonshu is imprisoned by the other gods. Uh, <laughs> and uh, then, yeah, episode four, they're journeying to the tomb of Amit, or as you find out, Alexander the Great, who was the who was an avatar of Amit. Um, and and yeah, there's you know, he, uh, Stephen slash Mark don't have their powers <laughs> that entire yeah. episode. Yeah, it's crazy. No, so you don't see it at all, which is you know, yeah, you don't always have to be in your suit to be a superhero. So, mm-hmm. um, I think the yeah. following episode explains how he got the powers. So we briefly see Moon Knight in you know, but it's he's not really fighting in that subsequent no. episode. No. Yeah. Um, yeah. And in episode four, he, he does get shot. He gets, you know, he, he finds himself in this uh, psych ward at purgatory. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get the reveal of uh, Tawara at the end. And uh, oh, it's episode five, right? No, uh, well, episode, episode four is just the, is just um, the first glimpses of um, oh, the, right. the asylum. And yep, then and episode then the... five is called the asylum. Yeah. Um, and that has a lot of the flashbacks and the backstory and all that. Yes. Yeah. And then so episode not really six. In the suit at all. Yeah. Episode six has a lot of um, Moon Knight. And it's trying to make yeah. up for <laughs> make up for that. <sighs> yeah, exactly. No, it's it's good. Well, I'm definitely excited for season two. And I. uh I'm, I like what they did at the end with the post credit scene and they revealed another, another identity of yeah. Mark. Um, yeah. Very interesting. Um, I, I think there was really only one recap show I was following during the course of my initial watch. Um, and, and yeah, they had alluded to a third personality, which, you know, they were aware of from the comics. I'd never read any Moon Knight comics, so I would have had no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I would have suspected, you know, that, that there, you know, could have been more than just Mark and Stephen. Um, and then, yeah, we do find out it's, it's Jake Lockley or something. Jacob Lockley. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. And Jake. And then do you think Jake was around when at the very end, when um, Mark is getting stabbed in his Moon Knight suit and he blacks out and then he wakes up and everyone is dead and the fight seems like it's over. Do you think it was Jake's personality that he was? Oh, yeah. At that moment? Yeah, like Stephen was like, I don't know, this wasn't me either. <laughs> yeah, this in Cairo was just the yeah, scene at, like at the very very end mm-hmm. when he's fighting Harrow and oh, at the uh, very end of Harrow, yeah, that yeah. too, because yeah, he takes out Harrow during one of these blackout moments. Yeah, and, and Stephen doesn't yeah. remember it. Mark doesn't remember it. So been, I think that was probably Jake. Yeah, I think anytime that happens, it's a sign that Jake is taking over. He's like this extreme, you know, anytime there's an ex- just extreme amount of pressure being put on Stephen or Mark, um, that, that's when you have the trigger to call upon Jake, <laughs> this, uh, this this sort of bloodthirsty cab driver character. <laughs> yeah, why why is he a bloodthirsty cab driver? That doesn't make any sense. I don't know. 
he, didn't know a cab driver could be so yeah did, did, uh, yeah did mark do criminal. a lot of training <laughs> does he does he have a lot of vehicle training uh you know in his time in the military or oh, maybe was he a cab driver he may may have been a taxi driver at some point in his maybe life when he was in living in chicago before going off to the military or something he, yeah uh, moved out of his yeah. parents and was struggling yeah. to uh make a living for himself so you know just uh you know did whatever kind of job he could maybe spent a few years as a as a right taxi driver or something right um but yeah who, um and then uh, that'll be a big feature i guess uh hopefully this series did well i know you had like an issue with your show where the production company cut funds and so the show had to move to canada yeah. Let's talk about the film industry for a, a hot <laughs> second. Um, so we're seeing this trend of uh, streaming channels losing billions and billions of dollars. And for example, my show, I was working on an Apple TV show. Um, it was going to be streamed on Apple, but produced by Warner Brothers and they we were five weeks into prep and they decided to move the production to Canada to save money um I guess Apple I think they lost like billions of dollars on We Crashed uh starring Anne Hathaway and Jared Leto um I haven't even heard of it I haven't seen it I think I saw one trailer for it and i was just kind of like what is why are we making a show about we work in the first place i don't uh. and there's yeah. also this trend of streaming channels making shows about companies that have started from nothing and then totally failed i, I don't know but are, are also huh. still around i think that's yeah. an interesting strange trend. almost yeah <laughs> almost like Ponzi scheme type companies. Yeah. That have, yeah. have uh, you know, like the, the Theranos show. And, and then right. there's one about this um, uh, socialite in New York, Anna Delvey, who wanted to start her own like exclusive club and was trying to get money for that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's yeah. The, these types of, Oh, like the fire festival. The Uber too. one also came out. But, yeah. but that one, I, I think, was less of it crashing. But there were definitely people who were, yeah. you know, not good. And I had... think they've still got lots of debt, though, Uber. So yeah, like, oh. they, they could crash, I think, in the future oh, if things don't go well. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, yeah. And... It, or like the startup <laughs> culture. I think it's this, these it. shows yeah. about startups yes. and, you know, what's happening with them. And then it also makes me think, oh, is this a is this kind of a a hint at what is happening to these streaming channels because Netflix was a startup, but yeah. I mean Apple is movie a pass. Company, Where's but... the movie pass show? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, there probably will be one. I just know Netflix will probably tackle that like right away. Um, I'm sure there are people trying to get the rights for it too. <laughs> but yeah, I guess um, for whatever reason there weren't enough streams on We Crash for them to have been assigned a, a level of profitability by the company i yeah. mean apple so, you know maybe someone from higher up within apple is responsible for you know conflating st- streams with like a dollar value 
even though like yeah, yeah. But, you know, people don't pay for a specific show it's just a lump sum for the subscription yeah but, well and then i think they're able to gauge yeah then oh for this show how many streams do we think we're gonna get based on the uh yeah, you know target value yeah. audience um so to, because we only think it's going to get this many streams let's only give them this amount of money and yeah. i guess at first they gave us a lot of money and then decided no this target audience is actually going to be a small pool of people uh let's move it to canada and try to do hollywood in canada yeah <laughs> Yeah, 70s Hollywood in Canada. I don't know. Oh yeah, Vancouver's a hotbed currently. I think it's actually going to be in Toronto. Okay, they interesting. In Toronto, and then I did hear that it's possible they will do an LA unit just to do some of the driving, Mulholland Drive, um, Hollywood Hills driving scenes, and then there is a unit in Columbia because there's a part where um our characters go escape the u.s uh and go to mexico so i have uh they have oh. a budget for that yeah <laughs> they, yeah they still have the budget for that so, <laughs> crazy you know accounting that goes into these things um yeah, i have a hand, handy dandy quote from google here um about where moon knight was filmed um i just asked google hey google oh, uh, yeah. where was moon night filmed uh and this result says filming took place from april to october 2021 primarily in budapest as well as in jordan slovenia and atlanta georgia so oh, atlanta of course the big hub for marvel yeah yeah although i i heard they might be doing some more here um i think wandavision was made here if i can or or i think i just know a lot of people who worked on that there was a a set designer on a show that i did that's coming out soon terminal list it is uh the trailer dropped a few weeks ago it's for amazon prime um but our set designer on terminal list was an art director on wandavision and uh and then and the assistant art director on the show that just got moved to Canada she was also I believe an assistant art director for some of the reshoots for WandaVision I think so but I I think that was in in LA I I don't think it was yeah possibly um it says um it was filmed partially in the atlanta metropolitan area but also like the golden oak ranch in los angeles oh yeah um yeah. the warner warner brothers ranch um yeah the, these shows you know they're just very you know big budget endeavors um you know massive uh, weight of disney and, and marvel behind them so it's not inconvenient for them to film in places like la you know captain marvel had a lot of mm-hmm. la um production as well as, as far as that goes um mm-hmm. but yeah. they they do have that big facility in atlanta so they uh, try to make the most of that but uh, it, it's interesting we're still talking about mcu uh after you know 20 
or not 20 years, but um, 2008 was Iron Man. So 16 wow. years since, um, have passed. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so long. The, the new film, you know, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is like the 24th, 25th. I don't know. <laughs> wow. Um, wow. They'll never run out of content either. It just seems like mm-hmm. there's always going to be something. Some yeah, other side character that they'll bring up, or I don't know, a it, villain to hero yeah. origin story. I don't know. <laughs> well, it's become such a massive thing, and I think people feel intimidated by it. And then there's a certain um, hurdle I think people feel trying to approach some of these films now that have so much. Um, involved in you know their connection to to other things that have come previously, um, and I, I know you know it's sort of it behooves Disney and Marvel to try to uh, eliminate that sort of fear as much as possible. But also, um, you know, I, I like when things have a certain level of interconnectivity to them as well. And, and now we are entering a phase where things are becoming a bit more complex with the introduction of like the multiverse, um, you know, dif- different um, timelines sort of intersecting or being manipulated. Um, you know, we got a taste of that with Spider-Man No Way Home. And then now this new Doctor Strange movie, it just sort of is um, a harbinger of you know, what's to come within especially the MCU is this massive franchise um, that's, that's always, you know, intersecting, but also we can have things like Moon Knight that are a little more grounded, um, just more self con- self-contained as well. And I'm happy for that. I, I hope um, that continues to be the trend where um, this, it just, uh, the MCU continues to be sort of a, a sandbox for effective storytelling uh, a lot of interesting ideas that you can explore, you know, with, um, like sci-fi, fantasy, all these various genres that can find a home within this context. I think uh, I think it serves a, a certain purpose for mm-hmm. that. I just hope one day there will be a, a fantasy world like this, <laughs> like the Marvel yeah. Universe. I think they're trying to do that with Lord of the Rings um or even some of the i don't know like robert jordan show that just came out the wheel of time maybe but uh Mm. it would be fun to see something like that Mm -hmm. or or game of thrones i mean they're definitely trying to do something with game of thrones but that yeah as far as something that can attract the level of resources that the mcu has Mm -hmm. um it it's difficult you know um the ubiquity of game of thrones was approaching that but then that seems to have largely i don't know is it is it too cruel to say crashed and burned um, yeah. <laughs> sort of uh, i feel like you see yeah. the new trailer the, i, I the, haven't seen like prequel? a full trailer no i don't think i have but i'll, I'll have to check it out i i haven't seen the newest trailer but mm-hmm. it's just sad because they it's probably going to be a good show, but because of mm-hmm. how much hate Game of Thrones got at the very end, no one's going to yeah. want to watch it. Well, or they're just going to be... judge it 
highly. There has to be a certain universal accessibility as well. Game of Thrones was just so heavily not for kids. (laughs) Um, Oh yeah. Oh, for sure. And And Marvel is, is perfect for all ages. And (laughs) I, well, Um, I was uh, refreshed by like how intense Moon Knight could be at times for Disney plus mm -hmm. show like the most, and, and they are clever with the way they cut away from things. And there's just a lot of like, violence and killing that just isn't shown super explicitly um because of some clever clutter ah. clutter editing clever yes. editing yeah <laughs> no exactly no i mean even that scene i keep thinking about that scene where the one priest guy is cutting open the the dead body to like mm-hmm. mummify it and you see like the fleshy pound of an <laughs> organ fall to the ground i was like Disney what what is this (laughs) like this is kind of gross but they shoot it so you only see the back of the priest and you just hear like gushing noises but you don't ever see like Game of Thrones you would be all up in there with a knife in the body ripping out you know the heart grabbing the heart but you don't you don't (laughs) see it you just hear it and then you see like a fleshy plant a pound of of organs on the ground and i'm like okay i guess that's a little more pg-13 it's still kind of gross but well for them for trying to and and things like indiana jones definitely pushed major boundaries at the time oh yeah no i definitely had nightmares from uh temple of doom for sure 100 percent. i think i watched that at age seven mm-hmm. eight when did that come out I, yeah well it came out in 84 so you were right barely a concept okay, yeah yeah i was i was i was tiny baby child yeah i was not a i was not alive but i think <laughs> i saw it as a tiny child yeah and, yeah yeah because it, it had been out for 13 years before you were ever you, even born and my older siblings wanted to watch it and mm-hmm. it's still to this day my favorite of the uh indiana jones movies temple and i of love doom. i i appreciate yeah. that opinion uh i, I love don't know temple why doom. it's my favorite i i love the temple it's so creepy and dark and when he's being dropped or not him when uh who's the woman who's being dropped yeah. into the the fiery chasm mm-hmm. like volcano pit i was just like this is so terrifying and the monkey heads when they were eating the oh, sure. de- oh my gosh um, so many good moments in that movie and um yeah doctors, maybe they'll yeah. bring that into moon night a little bit i don't know it's gonna say doctors, a lot of parallels yeah <laughs> there, there are a lot um doctor is the 28th film so that's oh, that's geez. how far we've come at this point but yeah indiana jones huge influence we have that with the yeah. tomb buster is that name of the the video oh, maybe it was just um, with the stephen grant guy yeah yeah maybe it was just the a one-off knockoff. rip-off um it's like something that they'd talk about on best of the worst you know red letter media mm-hmm. on youtube mm-hmm. um oh. However, this this thing, Tomb Buster, seemed particularly aimed at kids because Stephen Grant from Tomb Buster has this child sidekick. So okay. I, I almost it, it, it'd be cool if that was like some kind of like faith based production company doing oh a God, low budget. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> There's like some 
yeah, like oh, no. <laughs> faith element at the end, so you yeah. trying to tell a, a, a moral Bible fable. story. It does remind me of that animated series with the the kids. Oh, it was that faith based one where they get they go back in time. Yes. I know, what and you're they what, what? Yeah, what's it called? Well, the- okay, there's the Hanna Barbera series, the greatest adventure stories from the Bible, which is just capital a you know grade a awesome um i remember them being super sick i was like okay if this is going to convince me of christianity it's these animated stories does a great job going back in time and yeah (laughs) um and then there's adventures in odyssey as well which is oh sure like younger kids going on adventures and there's some crazy stuff in those shows as well um also animated but like the um the the tomb buster video series i wonder could that be like a a jewish um faith-based thing (laughs) (laughs) with like uh um because uh you know mark specter's father's a a rabbi so right do they have their own (laughs) sort of video uh knockoffs as well that'd be kind of funny i bet yeah it'll be it'll be fun to uh learn more about egyptian deities and all that fun stuff because i i love i love like the percy jackson series um and all the greek gods and the roman gods but i never really looked into series with the Egyptian gods and I don't know I think that there's a lot of fun stuff you can do with that like the hippo character she's so funny and fun Mm. I guess she's the the um the deity of fertility and childbirth is what I looked up Tauret yeah Um, yeah like a fertility goddess yeah yeah and it's fun to see how they're all portrayed as kind of animal humanoid <laughs> I love that. beings so i, I just, i'm excited to see the rest of them you know i don't personally believe in them but i love the creativity behind the deities yeah. in uh egyptian culture i mean who's to say they don't exist on some other intersecting plane of untethered consciousness right <laughs> as a uh, Torah describes it exactly yeah <laughs> um, yeah some other multiverse it's a you know yeah it's a lot of crazy scientific um discoveries that seem to sort of further validate these kinds of uh, options as to how our reality can exist in the way it does <laughs> that there may be just certain other non-material forces that intersect to be able to render you know what we perceive as you know this physical temporal dimension we have things like time that's more of a physical reality here than it is in like the duat or you know the place where Stephen and mark are you know sort of sent when when they get shot mm-hmm. um there's of course the you know i i like to talk about frozen on this show i'm a big fan of disney animation and i love frozen but um 
you know the the reunion of Stephen and Mark is is very reminiscent of I I I felt like throwing my popcorn the at the screen when they were yeah <laughs> if I had popcorn gives in the stone <laughs> no yeah that's very right I I didn't even think about that oh my gosh it's yeah the Leonardo DiCaprio they, like the meme where he's like pointing at the screen like oh the, they yeah yeah they thaw themselves out that's frozen. <laughs> I guess uh, it's sand, so frozen so sand out? is is no, glass. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, he kind of just seemed like a, I don't know, a stone. A statue, yeah, for sure. Statue, but, but I don't know. It would have been cool to see glass. Yeah. <laughs> the stupid recap show that I watched. Um, it's called Caravan of Garbage, and they had this running <laughs> gag uh, about how uh, they they had to consistently debunk the, the idea that glass is just frozen air <laughs> just the dumbest thing mm, <laughs> this little bit that they wow. had because of course the the show starts off with the scene involving glass um in moon Knight? wait in in moon Knight, when um wait, what? harrow is uh he's i don't know if he's drinking an alcoholic beverage or it's like a shot glass um and and then i think he's just drinking water seems like that kind of dude He's listening to Bob Dylan. Uh, you know, he wraps the the glass in a cloth and crushes it with his scepter, and uh, and then puts the glass in his sandals. Remember that? I don't remember that. What the heck? I need to watch. I need <laughs> yeah. to see this show again. I need to rewatch it's, it. <laughs> it's crazy. It's it's wow. bonkers. Yeah. Yeah, he's this crazy cult leader who does self flagellation in the form of wearing sandals with glass shards inside of oh them oh my gosh <laughs> oh so is that why do you remember at the end when stevens and mark is back in that psych ward and hair the doctor that's that looks like harrow is walking around he's like why am i bleeding yeah and like the footprints yeah are red is that because he's stepping on glass I don't it's know. uh yeah it's helping um clarify that that this is not reality this is a right you know this is just a uh, a vision that oh. um mark and steven are having um yeah when he wakes up at the end it almost I, I thought that they were gonna say that you know everything that happened wasn't real you know when, when he wakes up and mm-hmm. he's still tethered to the bed were they going to pull a fast one and be like, oh, yeah, the whole fight in Harrow and all of that isn't real. But <laughs> I, I don't think that's what happened. That, there. Yeah, that was just a way in which the show was trying to mislead audiences. Certainly, that, that was definitely a possibility yeah. for, for us as viewers to kind of you know scratch our heads and go, oh, has this just been <laughs> a dream yeah. all along? So, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Which uh, which was cool. I, I like created certain mixed feelings in me, like where, um, you know, this is just like a really tragic story of this this character who's uh, <laughs> having these delusions, which is more along the lines of something you would find in real life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he <laughs> thinks he's this superhero and yeah. seeing these crazy deities. Yeah, I mean, I guess that is a direction that the show could go. But then, of course, the 
the um after credit scenes mm-hmm. kind of no it's factualizes that it did actually happen i guess yeah so. it definitely takes place in the marvel cinematic universe where these kinds of things uh, you know yeah. aren't that horribly uncommon right <laughs> right <laughs> Well, I'm so excited for the second season. It's definitely uh, a show that I'm in, I, I'm excited to, for continuing. Um, I don't know if they're continuing Loki and WandaVision. Yeah. I don't think so, right? Yeah, um, I don't know. Like um, these series, there are these um, <laughs> streaming services that are just so banked up on on credit basically there is a lot of debt involved i mean i'm not too worried about it because i think what will happen is just they won't be producing nearly as many disposable shows it's terrible of course for the people who work on these series i feel bad for you know you and your colleagues in in some ways i i don't think i have to worry about you particularly but uh but yeah just people you know getting their jobs cut because of the streaming services having issues i don't Um, think disney plus is going to have any issues though i mean they control you know 80 percent of the film industry so yeah maybe not (laughs) we'll always find a job through disney plus but uh, some of these other i I think like batgirl just got canceled um i don't know if hbo was producing that because they're they've been doing a lot of the okay or Warner Brothers DC uh, stuff, yeah. but that that got canned, hmm. um, which apparently multiple people died on that show. Oh, wow. And uh, what was her name? Rose thing. Oh. She was going to play uh, Batgirl and she um, she got a lot of injuries. I think she like her ribs broke on that show it was just like horribly done and i think they even yeah, shot ruby that rose. In Tur- yeah ruby rose mm-hmm. and they were shooting that in canada i think as well yeah, um, yeah wild uh- but yeah <laughs> so i don't know when they're gonna start you know like disney sent out like oh this is mm-hmm. the lineup of mm-hmm. all of our shows that we're gonna be producing and like look out for all of these movies and shows mm-hmm. but when will they start cutting them yeah. you know or will they ever i mean i'd love to see yeah success with lord of the rings maybe a, a, a playground for yeah. a lot of different stories you know star wars i love star wars it's it's my first that will love never go away yeah and <laughs> yeah. thankfully it's it's pretty safe so well. we've got the big yeah. obi-wan kenobi series oh, coming out can't wait you know, should be i'll have a good time i know um and it's being super hyped hopefully um yeah. audiences at large when yeah, the yeah. Uh, Ahsoka show comes out, we should get my, my friend on who's working as a set deck PA on that. She just worked on Mandalorian season three. And oh. then um, they kind of took the same team onto cool. Ahsoka. So well, it'd be, be fun, fun to talk about that <laughs> with her. Yeah. And she's a big cool. Star Wars nerd as well. So Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Mara, for joining thank me you. on the show. Yeah, sorry, yeah. I'm not that uh, uh, knowledgeable about oh, no. Marvel <laughs> in general, uh, but there, I do like it. Lot, yeah, <laughs> there are so many other people who probably should be talking about Moon Knight and Marvel shows in general, but 
It's a great thing I about don't, I... yeah. yeah, yeah. Great thing about this show is it just didn't have a ton of Marvely stuff going on. Right, right. And yeah, like uh, even the concepts like justice and uh, you know uh, the <laughs> is Amit even uh, you know uh, is what she is doing resembling any kind of real justice or is she just the devourer of spirits as she's sometimes described um and, and Khonshu he, he himself he's not really a good dude he's more of a very morally gray type yeah character <laughs> it's just do you think he's uh, a good part good guy or well, bad guy I don't, yeah <laughs> he's worthy of having as an ally it seems mm-hmm. um and, until he proves otherwise Whereas Amit is more of just like, yeah, she's like uh, ancient Egyptian Hitler. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Um, but anyways, um, yeah, thank you uh, thank again. You. And uh, yeah, this has been the Thoughtcast, I think episode 97. Holy, uh, <laughs> you're almost at 100. What are you going to do for 100? Oh, oh I don't know. I, yeah, can't, don't want to think about it too much, but um <laughs> Yeah, we'll we'll uh, be back on the show at some point. Um, loved having you on. And uh, is there any social media you want to promote? Sure. Um, I you can find me on Instagram where I sometimes post about my work. Uh, <laughs> it is uh, Samara S A M A R A underscore Elke E H L K E nine um but yeah i don't post that often but every now and then you might get a glimpse of what i'm currently doing so oh yeah incredibly talented incredibly artistic and uh just full of profound insight that uh you're welcome on the show anytime and uh yeah find thoughtcast at thoughtcast.com we're on soundcloud um apple podcasts google podcasts spotify uh, stitcher and various others um and uh find us at thoughtcast on twitter and instagram philip elke i'm um at philip elke on twitter and instagram um and uh otherwise we're all through here you all have a wonderful week have a magical day warm hugs <laughs>